question. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? I'm cold, but I'm surviving. <laughs> That's what I've been saying for the past two weeks. And there isn't even snow on the ground. I'm just still cold. Can I say we have another three months of this, three or four months? Don't even bring that up to me. <laughs> it always like kind of surprised me that like, I guess when I was younger, I, I loved winter a lot, which I guess most kids do because where we live, like sledding, skating, it's all so fun. But I was like, oh, if you're born in winter, you must automatically love winter. And I'm a winter baby and I do not love winter anymore. It has broken me over the years. Speaking of winter babies, you don't think it's the most adorable thing ever? What? It's up a little bit and it's like minus two and all the snow melts, but uh, parents still take their kids out in like full snowsuit gear. I know. It is like, like I was in grade seven, I was a kindergarten helper, um, which means you would go down to the kindergarten room and like help them eat lunch, like, because they would get really distracted because toddlers are like, they're like, oh, let me tell you every single thing that happened to me in my whole life in four years right now. And then we would like help them get ready to go out for recess. So we would like put on all their like snow suits, their like socks, their like, and it was the cutest, most annoying thing ever. (laughs) Good for good big sister practice. It was, honestly. But the amount of, like, neck warmers and ear warmers and scarves. And I was like, this is so important because I don't want you to be cold. And they would send us out in, like, what, like, minus 30, I think, was the cutoff where they wouldn't send kids out. But other than that, you were going. So it was important they were warm. (laughs) But it is really cute. They, like, waddled out like the Michelin men. Like... Funny. Was that her force? They would take the kids out, like in the, for a walk in the snow, and they'd have to hold onto the ropes, and none of them wanders off or anything. Oh, I love seeing the rope. That was my favorite part of like, um, my high school was attached to a daycare, and so sometimes the little kids would come in and like sell like valentines for charity or something. They would all be holding the rope. They would just be walking through, and it was kind of like cute as a full circle because I went to that daycare briefly as I was a child, like when I was a child too. Um, so it was just so sweet and they were like always so happy to like be with the big kids like it was just it was so cute it's funny so should we get into we'll start this episode with some fan mail fan mail we don't have any so we'll skip that oh, part <laughs> did you see my face I was like so like scared slash excited I was like what do you mean <laughs> oh my god <laughs> my heart just stopped beating for a second okay Excellent. Austin, we're here today to talk about something that I thought would never happen, except for the fan mail, not that. Something that I thought would never happen um, in a million years. 2020 is almost over. It's a terrible, horrible year. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I saw that like awesome meme your mom posted where it was like, today marks the fifth year of 2020. (laughs) And I was like, yes, it really does. (laughs) yeah yeah so so it has been a wild year we've talked about all the ups and downs yes so our idea for this week was just kind of talk about like our year in review and yeah like how our reading went and all that jazz (laughs) yeah I'm super excited I I feel like I actually do have a lot to talk about for once (laughs) but I was saying to you before I got my uh my goodreads 2020 year in review pulled up exciting I love that like feature I think it's a really good idea 
I wonder if I can edit my reading goal in the last two weeks of the year to say that oh. I can fit it. I made it. It's 2020. There are no rules anymore, except for public health rules, which we should all be following. <laughs> I can change my goal as much as I want to swear a mask. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the motto. <laughs> yeah. so how do you want, I guess we'll start with each of our reading goals for the year. Okay. I did not meet mine, obviously, which we talked about in previous episodes, but I okay. tried my darndest. Yeah, and you were also reading, like, really heavy material. Like, literally, as in it was a giant book, and figuratively, as in it's, like, a heavy topic. <laughs> um, so my goal for the year was 50 books, mm-hmm. and I only finish 21 I feel like 21 is still a pretty big accomplishment most people don't read like anything in a year well there was that six month gap where I barely read anything when I was home like off of work so that's what I'm gonna blame it on of course I'm gonna blame my mom and my sister (laughs) that's family that's love (laughs) um I as we talked about changed my reading goal like three times and that was because of my change mine (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's a it's a socially acceptable thing feel free to um i'll start off with original goal i don't know if i even remember i think that my original goal was 200 because i try to like bump it up based on how many i read the previous year so if i if i surpass the previous one i'm like okay that means that you have to bump it up so I think I started with 200 and then I was going through them pretty fast. Um, so then I bumped it up to 250. And then after our one podcast, I was like, what the hey? Let's just do let's just do 365 and call it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's where I was at. And the reason I want to like put a disclaimer out, like I am not reading 365, 400 page physical books. Like I wish. Um, no, the reason for that is that I like read a lot of audiobooks and graphic novels. So I felt like it kind of wasn't fair to say like, oh, I've read like 200 books when like 80 of them were graphic novels. Not that they don't count because I will have like this fight with anyone. All reading matters. That's not, I'm not trying to quantify it or like, you know, but um, yeah. Like you're just arguing with yourself. <laughs> I know. I just like to put out all the like points of view so I can be like, yeah, like I really went through this thought process and I was trying to talk to myself about it. Well, my books don't count, but you don't, don't you dare tell me that they don't count because I'll fight you over it. <laughs> because I like, I, I hate it when I'm talking to a friend. There's nothing worse when like you're talking to someone and they're like, oh yeah, like you're such a good reader. I wish I was a good reader. And I'm like, do you read articles? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, do you like read graphic novels do you read the newspaper do you and they're always like yeah like no one no one is a bad reader I don't think it's possible I just feel like you know that's why my number was so high because it was it wasn't taking me as long but that doesn't mean it's not reading I just feel like no one is a bad reader you know what I mean I just wanted to make a side note I saw this thing online where if you make a hot chocolate and put like a piece of Terry's chocolate orange in it it'll melt and Make your hot chocolate Terry's chocolate orange flavored. Yeah. What? Oh, I'll try that with my coffee. Because I tried it with the hot chocolate thing and it was really good. Yeah. Just, oh, I'll put one in my coffee. And I guess my coffee wasn't hot enough because it's just the <laughs> chocolate orange thing at the bottom of my mug. Oh my God. 
Okay, for context, I just saw Austin make a really weird face as I was talking about it. And I was like, oh, no, he doesn't agree with my reading comment. But no, it was just the chocolate orange that hasn't dissolved. Sorry, I just had to get that out of my system. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. That's that's such a cool hack. I love Terry's chocolate orange. So. Oh, me too. So good. Best Kate, part. For my stocking, just Kate filled it with just Terry's chocolate oranges. <laughs> okay, that is, like, iconic. I love Kate. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, this one year, um, shoppers, like, I usually pick one up during the holiday season because I'm like, oh, yeah. And if I'm if I'm saying one, but I usually mean, like, you know, a couple. Um, <laughs> and so I went to pick one up and they had, like, this knockoff one. And I was like, no. Like, where is the original real deal? We Chocolate tangerine. It's <laughs> like, who even, who even tried to replicate this majestic piece of chocolate? Like, so then this year I went back and I was like, really nervous but they had them in stock the real deal i find the chocolate oranges are one of those things where either you hate it or you love them yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't like them my whole family's like oh those things are disgusting i'm like hey you eat those really and it's either that or oh i love those things i could eat them all the time <laughs> yeah that's how i feel about it oh man i don't think i've yeah i guess it is a, a pineapple on pizza situation <laughs> some people are right and some people <laughs> some people are right and some people are Sophia. Hey. <laughs> that was a whole tangent off of our topic. A tangerine tangent. Um that sounded funnier in my head. I'm still finishing my coffee. <laughs> anyway, you were, you were planning on doing our books for the year. It's like an Oscars kind of situation. I was like, okay, when Austin and I were talking about this, um, I think we were recording in the in the middle of the week that time. <laughs> and um, we had finished work. I was exhausted. And Austin was like, hey, here's an idea. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. And then I hung up and I was like, I forgot to ask him, like, how to carry out that idea. <laughs> um, so then instead of just doing the responsible adult thing and being like, hey, Austin, what's up? What did you mean by this? like today rolled around and I was like, oh yeah, this is what we meant to do, right? Because this is what I assumed. So in my head, I was like, oh, this is like Austin and Sophia's Oscars of books. I was like, let's do this. I've got my categories. I'm like ready. <laughs> I went too hard with the notes. That's what I realized. <laughs> I was just really going to talk about like what the best thing I read was, what the worst thing I read was. And, and... I have those. <laughs> I have those in my notes. I'm ready. I wanted to say, out of all the books I read this year, too, the guest list was definitely one of them. One of the best? <laughs> Is that what you... One of the books that I read. That's, I'll just leave it at that. Oh, my God. Ruthless. Austin. Third <laughs> year Austin is not playing around. Oh, man. Yeah. I think that's, like, one of my favorite things is that, like, I feel like to explain that sentence, which I guess doesn't make sense. Um <laughs> during our third year of schooling together, uh, I feel like we really hit a wall where we're very nice people. Um, we're very like soft, right? I think so. We're very like um, soft spoken maybe in the classroom. And then like third year happened and I was like, I am not putting up with anything anymore. Like nobody, nobody come for us. We're here to make our presentations, submit our papers, do not ruin this. Like, um, so that was like our, projects that year too that year was rough and like I think second year was the worst year for me 
um, mm-hmm. because of our, our mandatory required communications courses that were something else. Um, I think second year was so bad that we just weren't taking it anymore in third year. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what, like, you know, inspired us to lay some boundaries. <laughs> that was the year we made our bee t-shirts, too, for the Save the Bee campaign. <laughs> that year had some really good moments. To be honest, I mean, yeah, we uh, we really do. We should, we should convert the Save the Bees Twitter into the Bright Young into a Bright Young Things Twitter. Lord knows that was successful. I mean, with all our algae followers now, <laughs> next it's all nature all the time. Um, yeah. So anyway, twenty twenty wrapping it up, Austin. Can't believe it. Uh huh. Been a wild year. So, what were your highlights of the year for reading? <sighs> okay, this is like hard to narrow down. And like, maybe I'll try to focus on ones that I haven't already talked about in the podcast because I'm feeling <laughs> I feel like I'm a little bit repetitive. Um, but it's just because I love these so much, so I can't stop talking about them. Um, but yeah, I think like the best the best historical fiction I read was The Fountains of Silence by Ruta Sepetis. Sepet- I always forget how to say her last name. Um, I've never heard of that. Really? It's so good. I think you'd really like her. She's like, she's technically under like the young adult category, but what she'll do is she'll spend like a year or two or like even five, I think she said. Um, she'll be like researching different like historical events. So she did like, um, like, the experience of people in Lithuania during like World War II. Um, uh. So like all those people like dealing with Stalin and Hitler and like how they were displaced and how they were like running from, you know, Nazis and everyone else and that kind of thing. But this one was about like, um, <clears throat> like people in Spain during Franco's rule. Uh. And that was awesome because like, I've never really like, learned that much about it I guess I like when it comes to European history like I pretty much only know like a little bit of French English that's Uh it um so this is like really cool it was talking about like kind of the like impact the dictatorship had on like different people so like you know just the government was like targeting people and people will go missing and like babies were stolen and resold it was crazy um so yeah this is like a really really great book if you're looking for like a book that you can't put down. It's really compelling. Like I found it really hard to like take breaks because I just wanted to finish it. Um, but yeah, super great. Yeah. We could probably save this topic for another episode down the line, but I was wondering, I know you're not big on historical fiction, but when you do, do you like to like your fiction to be a, be a, be about like historical people mm-hmm. or have it about fiction of people set in like a historical time setting? That's such an interesting point. I I guess like like when I was younger I really liked um like books based on this is so silly but any Canadian girl growing up has been exposed to the Dear Canada books like they're like diaries written by young girls in different Canadian historical time periods and I really liked those and they were like based on like fictional girls for the most part but they were they would be dealing with stuff like um the Halifax explosion or like oh they're you know, during like, um, like the war of 1812 or like, uh, like indigenous, you know, girls and that kind of thing. So it was, 
that was really interesting. And I think that kind of like solidified for me, like, okay, I kind of like having a story where like, it, it's just like fictitious for the most part. And then you kind of get to see everything through their eyes because then I feel like it frees up a lot of room for the author to kind of explore things where, you know, like the sad truth is a lot of the time, like when you're talking about people from these like historical situations, you either don't know like exactly what they were thinking or what they were doing, or like maybe there isn't enough documentation to kind of support your ideas about what they would have been doing. So I like that they have that freedom to play, but then at the end they're like, oh, this part was real. This part was real. This is why I made that choice. Like, I like that. I don't know. What do you prefer? I prefer to like, I prefer to read like when an author makes it about an actual character and they follow that character and not like a made up character that's yeah. inserted in historical events. That's just what I prefer. But a lot of the historical fiction I read has like fictional characters inserted in to try and explain for things they don't have sources for, like whatever, stuff like that. Yeah. That makes sense. Totally. Speaking of historical fiction, we were talking about in the new year how we're going to be exchanging books of each other's genres. Yes. You're reading, you are going to be reading Caligula. I'm going to build I'm thrilled. <laughs> okay. That's like, that's a little teaser for the new year. I am so excited about it. So when we were talking about this, we're getting like off track again, but like it kind of touches on 2020. Like I feel like during the pandemic, I really like, I hit the romance and like thriller genres hard. Like I was like, give me something comforting. I don't want to like use my brain muscles for much right now. Not that you don't use them in that genre, but it just felt more relaxing and fun to me. I like did not read much else to be honest with you. So I'm excited to kind of start the new year, like looking into more genres. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. I'd like to get out of my well-worn track of historical fiction, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> A disclaimer, like we're not going to like switch sides. Like when you come back, don't worry, Austin won't be like covering romance and YA and I won't be covering like historical biographies. Um, but I think it is good to like kind of expand your horizons because then you like clean your palette and you you kind of you know have different tastes um introduced to you so yeah so what are the what other of your oscar categories that you have <sighs> where do we even begin here i wrote down that um uh the best biography i read was born a crime by trevor noah um who i love i think he's so smart and he's so yeah. funny Pardon? Trevor Noah, like the... Yeah, the host. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, he's incredible. So he's like from South Africa, but he lives in America now. And that book was really, really cool. Um, I just like, I loved it. I think he's a very good storyteller. I really enjoyed it. And I don't normally like find myself, you know, dying to read a biography. Um, but I really was with this one. It was really good. So... That's like an autobiography about him. Yeah, like, like himself. himself. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking over my good to read 2020 or my year in books. I love. That. So, I only read 21 books this year. Only you should be saying I read 21, and then we'll insert a clap, a clapping sound. A, what's that? A soundtrack from an audience. You know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> Eight thousand eight hundred seventy-three pages, That's which awesome. sounds more. <laughs> my shortest book was 
Algernon Blackwood's The Wendigo at 48 pages. Oh, I wanted to read that. It's good. It's I realized I read it the first time I really liked it. And I read it the second time and I fi- realized it's kind of dated with okay. like its depiction of indigenous peoples, but mm-hmm. I, I guess, uh, Yeah. I I think I have that and um there's like a Wendigo reader which like has a compilation of like different stories about them. But like the first time I really learned about it was like when I read um Joseph Boyden, like the three day road story, which is about like indigenous people during wartime. Um, oh. But yeah. So that was my shortest one. Cool. My last one was Colleen McCullough's Fortune's Favorite, which is part of that historical fiction series I'm reading. That was the third one. Oh yeah. Okay. That one was really- Cool. My average book length was 422 pages. Sweet. <laughs> My most popular book was Macbeth, which one million people also shelved. Excellent. That seems My, kind of a small number, doesn't it? I, think, yeah. I guess sorry, people were Macbeth. The- Weird. Okay, sorry. My least popular was Commodus, which is the same author as the Caligula one. Interesting. Which it was really good, but I guess people, that's kind of like a niche thing. I guess. My average rating for 2020 was a 4.2. That's good. So yeah, that was kind of my year. I'd say so far my the best book I've read, well, the series that I'm reading, the historical fiction, when I kind of count that as just one big long book, and that's definitely the highlight of the year so far. Understandably, it sounds really awesome. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like a series explaining like multiple people in the same, I don't know if this is true for this, but the same like... um. I was going to say experience, but like historical period, I guess. Because then I like seeing how they all interact with each other. Like, I uh-huh. feel like you read like a biography about like, uh, like multiple people in World War II. You're like, oh, these people in England were thinking this and doing this and experiencing this. And then, you know, these people in like France or Canada or somewhere else are doing these other things. And then you kind of like get a bigger picture to see like how everyone is like interacting together and how it impacts everyone. Like, I think that's really satisfying as someone who sometimes, like, I don't understand why all this stuff is happening. And I'm like, ah, but in 20 years, someone will sum it up in a history book for me. And <laughs> it'll all, like, be wrapped up nicely with a bow. And I'm excited for that. <laughs> it's going to be us reading about COVID in 20 years. Oh, God. Have you ever seen that meme where it's, like, um, like it's a, a student, like, writing frantically. And they're, like, um, students in, like, 2040 trying to sum up everything that happened in 2020 on the test. Like, <laughs> and like, <laughs> collection on the Instagram of all the memes we talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing it justice by describing it, obviously, but it's a really funny one. Um, I wonder if your mom shared that one, too. I I look forward to those posts every day. They make me laugh. Um, So for context, my mom, every morning my mom shares a meme that she always has to find the night before, and she worries over it and worries until she finds one. It's so good. Like, in between, like, scrolling, like, all I see is, like, oh, this is what so-and-so had for lunch. Oh, this is, like, a nice scenic photo. And that's all fine and dandy, but I'm here for the laughs. And, like, she delivers. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, that's what I look forward to in 2020. Um, and then I'm looking through my other categories because I wanted to tell you about other ones. Okay, why don't you say your categories, and I'll see if I have a nomination for them as well. I love it. Okay, this feels like a game show. Now you've really incentivized me. Um, best thriller, Austin. So by default. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess it would have to be the guest list. I don't... Can I count, like, horror novels as thrillers? I'll allow it. Hmm. I'm trying to see which ones would be. I'm looking through my stuff that I read this year, all 20 of them. Nice, nice. <laughs> okay, what's your pick for that category? Um, Recipe for a Perfect Wife by Karma Brown. It was so good. It's essentially like, um, it fluctuates, well, it fluctuates, it alternates between two perspectives where it's like talking about a wife from like the 60s or 50s, I think. And she's like kind of like a a housewife um, standard. And then there's like a modern day woman who's like living in her house and like discovering things about her through her things. And it was so creepy and so good. And like, it was really funny too, because they would include like recipes from like midwestern america from the 60s in between the chapters and it was really funny they were all like jello and like casseroles and like all these weird things that like should not go together that's and, cool yeah that aspect was really cool and like i'm the kind of person i love like um like vintage stuff i love like the pinup thing i love like the fashion from the 30s i'm really into that just kind of because i'm really interested in like the role women played in different eras in general but like there's something about it that kind of like I feel like there's so much like subversive stuff where you think that you're getting something from someone in like a, a full face of makeup and a dress, but secretly she's like doing all these things that's basically like fuck the patriarchy. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? So I like seeing that. Uh and that book really like it was it was really great. So I recommend it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I'll have to give mine to the guest list. Because <laughs> that's really the only like Technically, technically, the only thriller I read, like the true, only true thriller. The true thriller, really. We've heard my opinion on that one before. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> okay, my next category was best true crime book. Okay, I'll give this one to you because I didn't read any, I, I'm not a uh, big true crime person either. I know. I'm, I'm kind of a binge one when it comes to this, but... Um, I chose the five by <laughs> I chose the five by Hallie Rubenfold, which I think you would actually like a lot um, because it's based on the victims of Jack the Ripper. Okay, that's cool. So cool. It's nonfic. Um, and it basically traces the lives that they would have led. And I think that's really important because usually when we're talking about true crime, it's like mostly just about the killer or like person who assaults people. Uh- um and so like kind of like everyone knows Jack the Ripper like you grow up knowing about it it's like infamous even though it was like how long ago but I never knew anything about his victims other than the fact that they were all like young women for the most part so that was really cool because I was like yeah like any story about true crime should be about the survivor or the victim depending on the term people prefer um and it was just awesome like you get this whole portrait of like you know, in England, these people who couldn't afford to like live on their own or they were having mental health issues or, you know, they were on the street anyway. And then they fall victim to this predator. Um, uh-huh. So I thought that was a really cool book. And I, I think you'd like it, actually. OK, that's cool. Yeah. OK, my next category. I feel like I'm on like a game show, like I'm like ready. Like, I, I don't know. Um, my next one was uh, the best nonfiction book which I'm sure you have (laughs) Um, because you read way more than me. Like this is not a tough choice for me because I had very few to choose from. (laughs) 
I chose From Here to Eternity by Caitlin Doughty. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. Um, and I think I think you and I have talked about this before because I went through a phase where I was really struggling um, to kind of come to terms with like death um, uh-huh. because I'd never really experienced it and like with someone close to me. So I found that like once I could kind of like put a name to things and like explore it more, like that's always been a process for me where like if I know more about it, I'm like less afraid. So this is really cool because she hosts a channel called Ask a Mortician on YouTube. Um, Don't know if I've told you about this. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's like basically her like going through like and demystifying and like kind of like she she's part of like something called like the death positivity movement, which like is not sugarcoating it. Like it's not saying like, oh, everything happens for a reason. It's just more that she's like, oh, like this is what happens in like Western culture is like not prepared for it because we we really like prioritize youth and we're very like afraid of it so then when it happens you're all shaken because it's not part of your everyday like life um so this is really cool it went through like death customs like country by country and different places in the world and it kind of like explored like her experience as like i think she's only like 30 but she's like um, a really experienced mortician and kind of like what drew her to that field and like how, you know, like the American death system is like way too overpriced and it's, it's awful. I'm not even sure what the Canadian one is like in comparison, but super mm-hmm. interesting. Mm. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. So believe it or not, I actually didn't read too much nonfiction this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of mine was historical fiction, but there was one I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. It's called Ghost on the Throne. It's about oh, like yeah. the death of just after the death of Alexander the Great and how his empire yes. was broken up between all these generals. Mm-hmm. And that was really good, right up until like the last chapter, because I felt like they only told really half the story. Oh, I guess he didn't pretend he was gonna, he was going to say anything more, but it's just the just the immediate years after Alexander's death, and not really much beyond that. Yeah, yeah. Which, I guess it would have been a lot longer book if I had gone to like each of the kingdoms that came out of Alexander's empire and yeah, but yeah, that was that one was mostly good. That's like such a long story. I feel like I remember doing like a project in high school where we had to talk about Alexander the Great, and like this was like back when a youthful Sophia was like, "Yeah, I'm totally gonna major in history in university. It's gonna be fine." <laughs> And then I took a history course and I was like, oh no, this is not what I thought I was signing up for at all. Like, um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but like in high school, my history teacher, like saved my life a bunch of times. Like he was totally like a mentor to me. I loved him so much. He was like this older gentleman and he would just kind of say like the most outrageous things. And he really like did not like he he just like he wasn't gonna let like anything like red tape wise stop him from being there for us like in any way that we needed him to be like whether that was like you know roasting us for like not wearing the uniform correctly or like not knowing how to spell like a, an ancient Roman name like he was just went to a school <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah he was just like a super wonderful person I I don't think I would have gotten through high school without him um. So he was like gung ho from the start. He was like, "You're going to the University of Waterloo. You're doing classics and ancient civ." And I was like, "Okay." And then that did not <laughs> happen, obviously. 
but um, I went back to visit him and he was still proud. Um, so that was great. That's cool. And, yeah, he was, a, he was a really great person. So anyway, um, I did a project on Alexander the Great for him and that was like, that was a long presentation and he was proud by the end, but I still like, I could not tell you to this day everything we covered because it was just like, there was no way to capture it all. Like he was just like, there was so much going on. It was so important. Uh-huh. You know, it's one thing I hear all the time with the books that I'm reading, like yeah. the books that I like. Oh, you're reading that for school? Oh no. Well, you read that stuff just for fun all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like I would get that too when I would go to Indigo and I would like pick up like the great Gatsby or like other stuff. And I would be like 12 and they'd be like, Oh, like, is this on your class? Like I didn't get to this until grade 10. And I was like, no, like I'm just doing this for me. <laughs> and then you always feel like kind of like a nerd and you're like, great. I, okay. Um, it was fun. It was fine. And I think that like, you know, there's a lot of like, we can talk about this in, an, in a later podcast, but there's a lot of controversy around what books are on reading lists right now and like what should be on there just because there are so many like white heteronormative texts that like we're, we're really like does this really reflect who we want to be or who we are anymore um, uh. but yeah oh, I got one question about re your reading this year yeah what would you say was the best book you read that actually came out this year <sighs> I don't even know, Austin. I This is a hard question. I'm looking at my list like frantically. Okay, like I'll start with this. How many books did you read that came out this year? I'll start with that. I don't even know. Okay, <laughs> let me check. I read. I know you're more up to date on like current books coming out. Like, <laughs> I think that you're very generous with me because all your books are from like 1930 or like, you know, ancient grief but like my, I'm not that up to speed like I feel like every time I get to the end of the year like my to be read pile is full of releases from the previous year that I haven't gotten to yet because I keep rereading or reading older ones I think that like I'm trying to think a book I know for sure that like isn't my favorite release of 2020 but was the most exciting one to get in the mail oh. 100% was Midnight Sun I have uh, been waiting. Oh, is that like a Twilight spinoff? Or... Yes. I had been <laughs> waiting for that book since I was like 12 years old. I was like, give it to me. <laughs> and I, I was talking to my friend about it because she's like even more of like a Twilight fan than I am, I think. And well, not I think, I know. And we were like, this is so great. It was Twilight from Edward's perspective. A lot of people hate on it. I don't know. I think it's just, like, I was at the age that, like, when it came out, it was a good book to me. And, like, I liked it. Um, it's like when people talk about, like, High School Musical or, like, anything else that, like, you know, all the girls were reading it at that age. It was, like, a really, like, fun thing to talk about. Like, so, yeah, that came out and we were pretty pumped. And I was so happy that, like, it came out during, like, a time in 2020 where I was, like, this is the worst. I just needed something fun to kind of, like get me going and that did it was great did you break out your team edward t-shirt tragically i burned that in my angry feminist <laughs> stage um and by burned i just mean donated <laughs> <laughs> the canadian equivalent of burning a t-shirt um no i donated my like merch i definitely had the poster where it was like bella in the middle of edward and jacob 
Um, it was great. I, I still have the soundtrack on my phone to this day. Like Eclipse was a, a baller soundtrack. It was so good. I listened to it all the time. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was good mail. Did you ever watch that Shark Boy and Lava Girl movie when you were younger? Yes, Taylor Lautner. See, they're making a sequel to it, but they don't have him in it as Shark Boy. What even is the point? <laughs> is the girl? I think yes. I love her. She's great. I think I, I read Taylor Lautner's taking a break from acting or something. That's why he's not coming back. I don't know all the details, but. I hope he's okay. Yeah, it is, it is the first Lava Girl. <laughs> okay, good. That makes me feel better. Um, yeah, so anyway, that was exciting to get just because I felt like I relived some of my tween years and I was like, wonderful. Sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah. Austin, what was the biggest letdown like book of your reading year? Ooh. So I told you about that movie Jojo Rabbit, right? Yes. That I love. Yep. So I read the book and I talked about it before. It's not the same story. It is the same story, but it's not the same thing really because it's a completely yeah. different take from the book so i read the book expecting it to be like the movie and it was not at all oh which isn't to say the book was bad it just wasn't what i was expecting yeah but other than that i wasn't too too let down by anything that's good let me go list again yeah How about you? my biggest letdown was which i think i've also talked about before um the girl who lived twice by david logger grants logger Kronz? And uh -huh. it's not even because it was, like, a bad book. It's just that, like, this is the series, like, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and it's being continued by someone else because the author has passed away. And uh -huh. so it's just, like, it's not as good. It doesn't, like, the characters aren't acting like themselves. And I'm reading it because I'm, like, kind of committed, but also I was, like, I don't even want to finish this. But I did. I don't know. There was one historical fiction book I read this year that I was kind of disappointed by. It's called memoirs of hadrian it's about one of the roman emperors mm -hmm. and it wasn't really so much like a retelling of events from his life it was just him saying it was it's, to me it seemed like it was just saying like in my life this happened oh. then this happened it's not really any i didn't find any like deep insight or anything yeah that's kind of like reading someone's like calendar on their phone like today i went for lunch with susan I'm sure <laughs> the Emperor Hadrian wasn't having lunch with someone named Susan, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you never know. You never know. And I went to an opera a couple years ago. Yes. The opera we saw was about that emperor. Cool. So I was hoping the book would kind of match the yeah. grandy of that, but not so much. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm looking at my next one. I think the hardest read I read um was the family next door and that was about like the turpin family i don't know if you remember that it was like a really really sad story about like i think like seven to eleven children who were like trapped by their parents in a house and they like escaped and they got help um so that was like really hard to get through like that was really sad um, oh. yeah um i told you i'm reading krampus right yes yeah i'm almost done it and i'm gonna say it's pretty bonkers but there was one part of the book that was super hard for me to stomach okay because the book takes place like it's not just the santa claus and cramp stuff it takes place in the small town okay and it's just kind of this deadbeat dad and he gets involved with this guy running drugs and stuff and 
Eventually, he gets caught by the person, and they break all his fingers. Oh, my was, God. That was not fun to have to read. Oh, that's so bad. That like, a, like a mafia kind of situation. And yeah, I, I, I was that. reading it while I was eating my lunch. and I lost my appetite right away. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> that reminds me of remember when we were in class and we were learning about um, I want to say it's like phenomenology where like it's like oh, a filmmaker yeah. is trying to like it's like a filmmaker is trying to make the audience like have a simulation of the feeling that they're see- they're seeing on screen like if a character well I'll tell you the example that your story reminded me of there's a scene in one of the movies that our prof showed us to explain this concept and it's like the girl this is like a trigger warning if you get squeamish about like body stuff or body horror fast forward a little bit <laughs> but like a girl like as a punishment has her hand like put down on the log Austin do you remember this yeah. And then, like, someone takes an axe and, like, chops off her fingers. And, like, the way the scene was shot, like, I immediately felt like I was, like, lurching. Like, I felt so disgusting. And uh, so that's what your Krampus story reminds me of. I'm usually pretty good with body horror stuff, but it's, like, fingers and definitely, especially uh, teeth that gets oh, me. Oh, my God. Anything like that. I, like, I... I have this weird thing where I don't even like to think about like my organs doing the work that they need to, to keep me alive. Like it really freaks me out. I don't know. Um, I was rereading the finger section. I was going to read it out loud, but I think I probably won't. A live reading. <laughs> Let's just lose any listener we have. Let's just. <laughs> oh, good times. Um, yeah, I don't think there's been any books on the whole that have been super difficult to get through. It's yeah. just been second that, obviously. Oh, oh I know you put that one book, The Fisherman. Oh, yeah. Yes, Austin. And was... there was one part, not even the horror part. They were just describing, the guy was fishing, he was describing the fish that he caught. And oh, they, no. they do. I am so sorry. That's awful. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. I don't know if we talked about it, but I am terrified of fish for all the, all the listeners who don't know. I'm just picturing, like, a haunted house for you being, like, someone in a fish suit. Ripley's Aquarium. <laughs> oh, no. That's where I took me on first date, and it was terrible, because I had to act like I wasn't scared the whole time. <laughs> did you pick the first date location? I no. think so. You did? Austin, <laughs> why did you do that to yourself? <laughs> You're so brave. When Kate comes on the podcast, we're going to have, like, a live, like, telling of, like, the he said, she said of this, like, great love story. Like, what did happen at the aquarium? (laughs) uh, Okay. Now I'm looking to my next category. Um, mm -mm -mm. My next one is best self-development. And that one I chose by yourself, the fucking lilies, which is by Tara Schuster. Love it. Love it so much. It was so good. She was like talking in a very like understandable way about like childhood trauma and like how to kind of get over stuff like that and how to stop like self-sabotaging behavior, which I think like everyone has some degree of these things in their life. Like, so it was such a fun read. It was like really beautiful. Um, It was just like funny. Like it was like a lot of anecdotes about like her life and how she overcame like behavior where like you know, she was too anxious to do certain things or she thought that, like, she needed certain things to be successful. It was really great. I really like that one. Highly recommend. 
Mm. Especially in a time of like New Year's resolutions and like improvement. If you're interested, she's Talking great. Talking about our episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much to say about that category, really. I don't really. That's another genre I'm not too big on reading into. I look at look at my face. Can you see like the gears turning of like what book I'm gonna give you for our like book club trade off? I'm like, there's so many options, and I'm, am I gonna give them Twilight? And am I gonna give them like some kind of like, you know, like self development? Who knows? Who knows, Austin? So much room. <laughs> um. Okay, my next one was best graphic novel um i chose fangs by sarah anderson it was actually a close call because i love um lucy nicely she's the one who does like um like they're kind of like autobiographies of her life in certain ways sometimes they're fictional but sometimes like they're real she did like french milk she did um looking at my bookshelf stepping stones um i can't remember the other one right now but I usually love her stuff. Oh, Relish. She did Relish, which is like an autobiography of her childhood and her life in the kitchen because her mom's like a really great chef. Um, oh. Super cool. Um, so yeah, anyway, I settled on Fangs by Sarah Anderson because she's the person behind um, Sarah's Scribbles. If you're on Instagram, someone has definitely sent you one of her comics before and been like, oh, this is so relatable. But this was like kind of a, a branching out for her. It was, like, just, like, a series of one-shots about, like, a really cute, like, this is on theme for today, vampire and werewolf dating. And it's, like, just funny stuff. Like, it's, like, you know, like, there's one where, like, the vampire is crawling out of the coffin and she's, like, for years I have been called many names, like, bringer of darkness, like, evil, blah, blah, blah. And then and then her boyfriend's, like, morning, cream puff. And, and she's, like, now I am cream puff. <laughs> like, and so I think it's, like, cute and funny. Um, and the art was beautiful, as always. Um, I, I have such an admiration for people who bring stuff like that to life. So really liked it. It was good. Hmm. That's another... I haven't read a whole lot of graphic novels in a while. Yeah. But I saw one, like, it was, like, a tie into a video game that I played called Bloodborne. I was looking into getting it, but I never actually got around to it. I think I saw, like, a video version of it on YouTube. But oh, that's awesome. I'm watching Slack reading it yet yeah no there's time there's always time <laughs> that's so cool um okay and then i put down best romance austin drum roll this was the hardest choice i've had to make all year uh -oh. Just kidding. <laughs> um it was not only a tiebreaker i picked three <laughs> was it was one of them a twilight one no no <laughs> Um, no, because I, I have a lot of fondness for that series as like a, like I can, I can see like why I love it so much because like, it's a, it's a very special time in your life when you're a tween and you hate everything. Um, <laughs> the few things that you do love, you really hold on to. Uh, but no, for best romance, I picked three, which I think is fine when you see the ratio of how many romance books I've read. <laughs> Unclear. Um, so the first one I chose, uh, was Take a Hint, Danny Brown. I don't even know where to begin with that one. It was amazing. The two main characters are people of color. Um, one is like a body positive, like fat identifying scholar, like an academic scholar. And the other one is like, um, he is struggling with PTSD after losing like his family members in a car crash. Such a good 
book. It was hilarious. I had to like put it down a few times because I was laughing too hard. And then there were other times where I was like, you know, like seeing them grow through things like, you know, identifying the fact that like they push people away because they think they're not ready for like being in a relationship. Beautiful. Loved it. Iconic. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first one. And then okay. I also, I also picked uh, one to watch, which I just uh, like adored to. I like sped through that one. And again, like I was in pieces laughing. It was so good. So that one's basically like, um, this is like a fashion blogger who's like body positive um and she like goes on like a bachelor kind of show like and I don't know how familiar anyone was is with the bachelor I don't watch it but it's like a game show where like people you know there's like one person and then there's like a whole bunch of other people they try to see like if they can marry one of them or if they're compatible oh so anyway she goes on this show it's so funny and it's kind of told in a way where there's snippets like like um like TMZ coverage of certain moments then it goes to like her perspective then it goes to like oh these podcasters are talking about her on the show and they kind of have like um just like bachelor nation as they're called they have like a fantasy football thing but it's for the bachelor show so like talking like about people like that too it was it was a really really great read like I highly recommend it oh that's cool yeah and then my last one was red white and yellow red white and royal blue how embarrassing to get that wrong <laughs> uh just a pause for my mortification um that was really good too that was a romance between like a fictional prince of england and um a fictional like president's son such uh. a good one it was it was again so funny the references were amazing like the characters were all really diverse like the president's son was like half um latin and then half like american caucasian i'm not quite sure what you would call that white um so so that was really good uh and then like other characters were like queer and like identifying in different ways so it was just like i feel like these three really summed up kind of the vibe that the genre is taking in this moment Uh. where they're really looking at like different perspectives and it's so much more fun and it's just better like it's just like more enjoyable I really like it um mm. so yeah any <laughs> contenders for this category Austin the only real kind of romance I read was let the right one in which I read every year which is kind of like a what? horror romance but... okay okay I was like I thought that was just horror and I was like what are you trying to say it's it... kind of kind of romance it's like a youth romance almost I was wondering if you just like um, correlated those two together because of your date at the aquarium. And you're <laughs> like, now horror and romance are just the same. <laughs> but no, there are some romantic elements to it because it's about a young boy who finds out his neighbor's a vampire and then he starts to have a crush on her. There's some things that happen in the book that I won't give away, but. I need to read this. <laughs> like for how often it comes up, I really need to know. I'm. I'm excited. It kind of starts off as like romantic, but it kind of just ends up being more of a friend connection situation. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, that's great. I have one last one. Okay, I had one category I thought of too. I can ask it after. Okay, 
Do you want to go first? No. Sure. Okay. So I was thinking the best book adaptation that came out this year in like film or TV. I think I'm going to have to say Sharp Objects again. Again, that comes up so oh, often. Yeah. But it was so good. It was so good. Mm. What about you? I'm looking up. I Jojo Reb is definitely one, but I forget if that came out this year or late last year. Oh, yeah. But if it was this year, that's definitely my pick. I'm just yeah. seeing what else. I'm looking at the list. <laughs> there is... Did you know The Invisible Man is based off an H.G. Wells book? Yes, I did know that, actually. I never knew that. That's cool. I've always wanted to read it, but I've never gotten around to it. So there's the story of Dr. Doolittle, which is Doolittle, which I heard is terrible. <laughs> Uh-oh. The Turning of the Screw was adapted into The Turning, which I haven't seen. I heard that's not very good either. Oh. Uh, to All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, which oh, I think yeah. is a Netflix show or something, which I haven't seen. Yep. Emma by Jane Austen. I need to see that, too. I've heard it's good. Wasn't there a Little Women uh, adaptation this year, too? Yeah. I heard that's really good. Seen yeah, it. Greta Gerwig did one, and it's, like, with an all-star cast. It's so good. Mm. I haven't seen it, but. Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Ooh. <laughs> Artemis Fowl, which I, I've heard of that book series before, but I heard the movie's not very good either. Oh. Death on the Nile, which I would like to see. I haven't seen it yet, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Witches, Rolled Doll. Oh, oh, I love that book. I need to see I think that one got delayed or something. It's during like Anne Hathaway, I think. Oh, interesting. Hmm. And books to TV, The Outsider, Stephen King, haven't seen it. High Fidelity, Nick Hornby. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, not a lot that I've seen on here, actually. I'm going to go with Jojo Rabbit's Dilemma if it didn't come out this year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good choice. <laughs> it's solid. <laughs> oh. I think my last category is young adult, um, and I chose Pride by Ibi, Ibi, sorry, Ibi's a boy, um, and that's like an adaptation where it's like, um, it's basically Pride and Prejudice, but it's set in a borough in New York. I always forget which one, but it's like basically talking about like gentrification, so uh-huh. he is like a... a a wealthy person and then like the girl's name is Zuri oh it's in Brooklyn that's so silly of me that's like one of the most obvious <laughs> ones um but yeah it's talking about how her neighborhood is changing and how she's so attached to like the older authentic version and then like you know New York story of course but it's really good that's interesting yeah that's my so once again I have nothing to offer for that category <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair I saw one post you commented on on the Instagram page for the summoning. Oh, yeah, See, yeah. I remember reading that when I was in public school, and I remember liking it. You did? That was mm. a cool book. She's, um, that's from Kelly Armstrong, who's a Canadian author and a total gem. She goes to, like, all these signings, and, like, my friend Lauren is, like, such a big fan, and she went to a signing, and she said she was lovely. So she's written so many books, like, which is Another thing that, like, we can talk about later, but I do feel passionately about the fact that, like, when we talk about Canadian literature, like, I feel like there's a stereotype that it's boring or that, like, it's only about, like, people like Margaret Atwood or Alice Munro, who are, like, 
it's like all Canadian media has that stigma. And it's like, it's great. Like, I'm not saying that their work isn't super important, but I'm also saying that like, there are so many like young adult authors or like romance authors or like, you know, like science fiction writers. And it's just like, I feel like there needs to be more of a spotlight on that sometimes because I'm like, it doesn't have to be highbrow fiction, like literary, like to be important. And I'm Uh like, go Kelly Armstrong. Like she's published so many books and she's like not talked about a lot. Mm. She needs her time in the sun. Yeah. I remember I read those, like the summoning, I think was the first one of that series. Right. And I read the two following the reckoning. Yeah. Something like that. The Awakening. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. I, I like that. that one. Must have been like grade seven or eight, and I remember liking it at the time. I just kind of didn't read the rest of them. I, I think it's a lot more in the series now, isn't there? I think so. I could be wrong. I feel. I feel like I thought it was a trilogy, but I think it's like okay. one of those ones where like it expands into different series, so like different characters. Uh, okay. That's it. And I like that. I like when authors do like a universe situation where they can kind of have the freedom to play around. Ah. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's cool. Hmm. So we're going to talk about the year in general. Did you find you had any like new reading habits this year? I feel like we've talked about reading habits so much. I think that the only thing I have to add, like I sound like a broken record, but I'm like, I read way more than I ever have because I had nothing else to do. Like it was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I needed like, like almost like comfort food. I really like just kind of went directly into my bookshelf and I was like, here I am take me <laughs> take me wherever you will <laughs> what about you other than that big dry spell when i wasn't reading anything i found a little routine i get into when i go to and from work is that on my way to work i'll be listening to try to get into more podcasts mm-hmm. and then i'll read at work on the bus ride home yes. which is kind of a little routine i've gotten into but that's awesome it really like when you have a long commute or just like any commute, if you can, if you can listen to an audiobook or like read a book, if you're not driving, obviously, <laughs> um, it just makes it better. Like it's like less uh-huh. painful when it's like six in the morning and you're on your way to work. It's going to take like an hour and a half to get there. Like, honestly, audiobooks saved my life that way because I was just so not looking forward to that early morning in the winter. <laughs> it's audiobooks while you drive or do you find it too distracting? So, like, I will if I'm in, a, like, a country road situation, not when I'm, like, in town and there's, like, bumper-to-bumper traffic, uh, uh-huh. just because I'm a very, like, new driver. So, I, I just think that, like, any distractions for me right now is not ideal. Like, I only listen to music pretty much. Oh, yeah. 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 You know. You've been in my passenger seat. I need all the attention <laughs> that I can muster. <laughs> Should I reveal the one story when you pick me up? No! <laughs> Never reveal that, Austin. That's the bro code. We don't talk. I have to now because we brought it up. No, we don't. No, we don't. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) When you're editing, I hope this part goes missing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Thank you for being a good friend. Oh, man. It's so hard being friends with you because you have so few embarrassing stories. I feel like it's always (laughs) me. Oh, why am I like this? Yeah. So other than that, it's been a big year for our podcast as well. Yes, yeah. We so were talking about it like December last year. We didn't actually ever get into it until what, like March? Not even, it was like April or May. Yeah. I think so. I like, it was one of those things where like, 
um, this is something we really like doing. And, you know, like, you're obviously one of my very best friends. So it's nice to have just an excuse to like talk to you about uh, books. And, you know, book friends are the best of friends. So <laughs> it's good. Yeah, we've done already done 10 episodes, a thousand followers. Woo! <laughs> That's kind of unreal. <laughs> Which I'll maintain is still all thanks to you. It's not. It's both of us. It's a team effort. <laughs> um, I have no skill for social media. Yes, you do. You got the algae followers. Don't diminish yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't diminish your accomplishments. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a great year. I'm looking forward to 2021. Uh huh. So I guess our next episode will be our first episode of the new year. I think yeah. if I got my dates correct. You so we will have one more before the, before the new no. year, which I guess. I don't think so. Okay, well, <laughs> our next episode will be in our 2021 episode. We'll be talking about our New Year's goals and resolutions. Yeah. Which I'm sure I'll have broken by the episode following that one. <laughs> Mine are going to look very different than this year's, so I'm excited to talk about it. Do we have a, do we have a general plan for the year coming up, for next year coming up too, right? Yeah, we do. I'm pumped. Look forward to 2021. We're about doing, yeah, we're doing a childhood month. Yes. Lots a couple of, of guests lined up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's looking good. Look, it's looking bright. <laughs> yeah. You want to do a Twilight episode too? Oh, who doesn't want to hear that episode? So good. <laughs> so many we're good doing, highlights. Uh, the one episode of each other's genres that we're going to be reading. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. There's that, and even more. We don't want to spoil, but it's all looking very good. I'm excited. I'm kind of excited, kind of nervous for the switching genres books because I have no idea what you're going to give me. I think it'll be great. I think like it's really going to just like expand our minds. <laughs> Austin looks so nervous. <laughs> don't worry, I won't give you anything horrible. That's a promise. <laughs> I'm only going to want to give you good things so then you keep reading in that genre and then we can that's, talk more. All pure motives. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Okay. I think uh, that's all I have to say for our year and review. Yeah. Bye. See you in 2021, everyone. Oh, ha Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>